It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The World Cup is over, and everyone's starting to return to their home countries, get ready for their NBA seasons. The lessons learned from the World Cup for the Orlando Magic on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on magic today is september 11th 2023 my name is philip rossman i'm the expert insight editor over at orlando magic daily.com of course follow me on twitter at philip rr underscore omd on today's episode of locked on magic the world cup is over what lessons can we learn we'll rehash some of those ideas as now we turn squarely ahead to the start of training camp in exactly three weeks We'll get to that coming up here today on the on this episode of Locked On Magic. Before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The FIBA World Cup is squarely in the rearview mirror. And, and, you know, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, and we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things, specifically with the individual players that, that we have with the Magic, um, about what we learned from the World Cup. Um, these are ideas that we have been discussing for the better part, part of the last two weeks uh, and really thinking about as we break these games down. Um, I'm a game person. Uh, I learn a lot from games. I, I love watching games. I think games are the most valuable thing and the most interesting part of the NBA season. I, you could probably guess that because I don't do fake trades. I don't, I don't conjecture about uh, moves that might or might not happen. I'm, I'm more concerned about the here and now. What do the Magic have now and what do they have to work with? Um, certainly, we, we, you think about those things when they do come up. But this beginning part of the season, this training camp, we are entering this great unknown, this great um, great experiment. Um, and every season is an experiment. Um, you may think you know a lot about a team. You may think you know um, well, how a team is going to come together. But the truth of the matter is, every season is different. You could bring back the same roster every year, and it's going to turn out different every year. Um, you know, players age. They get better. They get worse. They... Uh, you know, they usually don't get worse, but they get better. They that their their individual goals change. Lots of things can happen, and obviously, this is a season where there is a lot of anticipation. There is a lot of things that fans of the Orlando Magic are looking forward to this year, and so the World Cup ended up being this really important piece of information because it allowed us to get a glimpse of what we're going to see from the Orlando Magic. 
it allowed us to see, okay, this is where Palo is. This is where Franz is. This is where Mo is. This is where Joe is. This is where Goga is. We got a chance to at least get a good look at where five players on this Magic roster are going to be. Five players who are expected to play pretty, pretty big roles for this team. Now, obviously, a lot of what we need to talk about with the FIBA World Cup starts with Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner because a team is only as good as its stars. And so getting a chance to see where the Magic's two most important players are at is, is a really big deal. Um, it's a big thing. Like, I, I don't want to dismiss how important it is to see where Franz is at, where Paolo is at, and what that's going to mean. And, 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 and more importantly, as potentially the two young leaders on this team, because, you know, Markel Fultz and Wendell Carter are probably the kind of mature, to, Markel's maybe not the best person to say mature with at times, but, um, but neither was Jameer. Jameer was, Jameer was the jokester too. Um, Markel and Wendell are probably like the, the team captains and the guys who kind of keep the locker room in order and keep everyone focused. But at the end of the day, at the end of a game, this team is going to look to Paolo and Franz to finish things off. And their experience this summer in the World Cup for the United States and for Germany is so important. We've talked a little bit about it over the last few weeks. And, and I know I did a, po- a podcast saying pressure is the point. This World Cup was important because it put those two players into pressure situations. This World Cup was important because we needed to see how Paolo and Franz would perform when they had to win. And obviously, one of their teams won the ultimate prize and one of their teams did not reach the very, very lofty and, and frankly, sometimes unrealistic expectations that we place on Team USA. But the point and what matters both, what matters for both, is how they performed when they had to play well and what that means for them coming back home. What that means for them coming back to the Orlando Magic and how that experience is going to help them. Because let's, let's, be real. Let's let's talk about it here. We are expecting this team to play pressure games for the first time since trading Nikola Vucevic. This team does have a little bit of winning pressure. We are going to judge this team not solely based on individual growth and 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 a future that's seemingly far off in the distance. That we're taking steps closer to that future, which yes, that's important. But we are going to judge this team based on their ability to win. Results are going to matter for the Orlando Magic this year. We will sit here and lament and try and dissect and figure out losing streaks. We will sit here during winning streaks and say, no, they've got to be better. They scrape by against this team they should be and should be better. Now, obviously, we're going to look still at this as, at the long arc of the season and, 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 and whether they improve on these things and, and build and build and build and build until they get to the postseason. But that's a different kind of pressure. And the World Cup in a small bottle presents that. 
presents the opportunity to see that pressure. Presents the opportunity to see how these players respond. I look, neither Paolo nor Franz were perfect. Um, I, I might be the only one raising this alarm, but like Franz was horribly inefficient for Germany. Um, still shot a 57% true shooting percentage because he got to the line a ton. Five and a half free throw attempts per game, a full free throw attempt per game more than his season with than his season average with the with the Magic last year. He still performed. He still gave Germany exactly what they needed, even while he was trying to figure out how to expand his game and and to be more of the main driver and main attacker that I think a lot of Magic fans want him to be. Paolo too, even though Team USA lost in the game in in in, in those games to Germany, Paolo s- stood his own. He played his role. He gave his team a chance to win within the confines of his responsibilities. But regardless of any of that, regardless of that, experiencing that must-win game, that semifinal game against Germany, experiencing the sacrifice it takes for a team to come together and have a shot to win a gold medal, because as much as everyone wants to criticize this U.S. team, this U.S. team was very capable of winning that tournament. Um, that The disappointment is not that they lost. The disappointment is that they could could have won. And we all know it. And they all know it. And, and it just didn't happen. Seeing how a winning team comes together and what's going to be required of them to help this Magic team win. Maybe it does mean sacrificing some stats or being a little bit more, pa- being a, a peaking a pass when last year you would have shot. All of that is valuable experience. And so why was the World Cup important for the Magic? Well, A, the Magic are bringing home some, some hardware with Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner, and Germany assistant coach Brett Brielmeier winning the gold medal. And you always want to bring home hardware. Whenever a trophy's on the line, it matters. But the World Cup was important because we got to see Those players play under pressure. Those players got to experience what a winning team looks like. Even in the small enclosure that is this World Cup, because the World Cup is very different than the NBA regular season. But all of that's going to matter because in six months, five, six months, they're going to be back in that maelstrom again. They're going to be back in the storm of having to win every single night. Of having to play at the highest levels to get their team where they need to go and having to understand how are we going to help our team win. That's why the World Cup was important and why we had to put so much attention on it. We'll talk a little bit more about what we saw from Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Ibotta. Summer is nearly over, but here in Florida, it's always barbecue season. So if you're going out there to make uh, to make burgers, to get hot dogs, have one last grill before it gets you know into the 80s and is no longer unbearably hot, you know you're already doing it. You know you're getting that anyway, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. 
so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's really that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you can use your cash back to buy the flight you've been eyeing, the game you're dying to go to, or that fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store. Use code LOCKED today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you again for, for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Um, I am still trying to record shows later in the afternoon, at least until the season starts. So um, this post, this is going to go up around 7, 30, 8 o'clock. Um, you will have now posts or have episodes now uh, in your inboxes, uh, wherever you download your podcast, uh, at least in the morning um, now that the World Cup is over. So no more like kind of those late afternoon, those late afternoon um, episodes. So we'll be recording either at night uh, and posting uh, posting early evening or recording uh, overnight to post in the morning. So going to get back to more of our season schedule. Uh, I may take, uh, I've been going five days a week here for a little bit. Um, we'll be back. We'll, we'll probably still be five days a week now, now heading into the season now with the season uh, getting set to begin. Um, so lots of fun stuff coming. Um, obviously Friday is a big day for us. We, so we may have a late episode on Friday because um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold on to the fun stuff that's coming Friday until Monday, but um, but we'll see. Uh, so so I want to thank you all for for bearing with me during World Cup stuff. The NBA season is right around the corner, and you know again that's why I kind of wanted to spend today uh, recapping a little bit about what we learned at the World Cup and 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 thinking about what we saw from from our players, from our guys at the World Cup. And and look, I'm going to sit here and tell you, I think that every player for the Orlando Magic, um, even Joe Ingles, showed us something really good and something really useful uh, for us uh, as we get ready for the season. And obviously, uh, you know, you, you can't take what you see in FIBA as gospel. It is a different style of basketball. Um, everyone is playing slightly different roles than they might play uh, for the Magic, but there's still something you can take. And 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 I and I do think we got a lot out of this, out of the out of these last two weeks. And you know, the place we obviously have to start is with the Magic's two stars. Um, we'll give Franz Wagner the due since his team won the gold medal. Um, look, Franz Wagner had a really interesting run uh, for Germany. Um, I, honestly, like, I, 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 you know, Kevin O'Connor did a big write-up on him. 
uh, on the ringer and, and his FIBA World Cup recap. And, you know, I think he said a lot of things that Magic fans have been saying for a while that, you know, Franz Wagner might be the best might be the best player from his draft class in 2022. Um, I think, uh, you know, if you follow Wealth God, you saw him make the joke about um, Steve Kerr, uh, d- d- Steve Kerr regretting not taking Franz Wagner over Jonathan Kaminga, which definitely he should be regretting. Um, Franz would, would have been perfect for those Warriors teams and would be perfect for those Warriors teams. Um, I will sit here and say, though, um, there's a lot I liked about Franz Wagner's tournament, uh, but I was more interested in what we didn't see from him or, or, or how he was a little bit different. Um, and, and, and I think some of the caution that that should bring. Now, look, I'm expecting Franz Wagner to have a big, big year. Um, I am expecting, honestly, I will say this. I, I think that the Orlando Magic are going to break their streak and have two 20-point-per-game scores for the first time since 1996. I, I do think that both Paolo and Franz will increase their scoring averages a little bit, uh, and I think we'll see them both average 20 points per game this year. So I'm not here. I'm not here you know, jumping off the Franz bandwagon by any stretch of the imagination. He was hurt too. And I think, you know, obviously the ankle injury slowed him down uh, and, 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 and kept him from playing a good chunk of this tournament. So we're dealing with some small sample sizes, but Wagner's numbers at the world cup, at least in ways that we're used to seeing him excel were interesting to say the least. And I think this is both a sign of where Franz is kind of bumping up against some of the limits of his game right now, but also a sign of um, a sign of where Franz can still really grow and, and, and can still get better. Um, he averaged 16.8 points per game this tournament and in four appearances. Shot 21 of 49, that's 42.9%. We are used to Franz shooting 46, 47, 48%. He was 48% from the floor last year uh, for the Magic. So efficiency still is thin. Uh, and, and that's one of his big attributes. And you know, what I thought was a little bit off about Franz was, you know, he was trying to attack. He was trying to force some things and force some action that he usually doesn't. Like, he's usually very good at, okay, it's not there. Let me kick it back out. And, and you know, the way Franz works, because he's such a great cutter, because he's a cut-up shooter, although he did not shoot shoot well from three this summer, because, you know, he shot six for 24 from three in the World Cup, um, because he's so good at those things though, um, he doesn't have to force a lot of his action to score a lot of points. Um, and, uh, and, and so I, I found it interesting to watch him play because you could clearly see him trying to be a little bit more assertive and aggressive for himself, but not able to kind of put all that together, not able to fully reach that level. He doesn't not have to do that much more though. He averaged five and a half free throw attempts per game made 19 of 22. Um, so, you know, getting to the line a full one free throw attempt per game more than he did for the Magic last year. If he could get to the line a little bit more, that's going to help him get, you know, essentially get make one more trip to the line. That's going to get him above 20 points per game. Despite this poor shooting, he still had a 57.1% true shooting percentage. He's at 58.9% true shooting percentage for the Magic last year. Wagner was not efficient. Um, which is something we are used to seeing him do. He was not efficient, but he still made an impact. He still he still was effective and still made an offensive impact for Germany. And, and obviously, Germany was better when he was on the floor. You know, just even with the ball in his hands, his decision-making, his ability to pass the ball, to keep it moving, to, you know, yes, force some things when it was called for, 
Um, but generally to make the right decisions, that that's Franz Wagner in a nutshell. That's what makes Franz such a special player and, and why we all just adore the kid and adore um, what he brings to the table. Um, that what what made you know what we were technically what I guess we were seeking from Franz is what is his next level? How does he level up? You know, to use the magic phrasing, how does he take that next step? And a lot of us, I think, think it's for him to force more action offensively. And, and I think what we saw at the World Cup is maybe some of the limits of that. The reality might be Franz's next level might be attacking the offensive glass a little bit more. He rebounded exceptionally well, something we were calling for him to do. He averaged only four and a half rebounds per game last year. If he can bump that up to six or seven per game, and maybe that's a big ask, but if he can bump that up, all of a sudden he's a very different kind of player. He did that by getting to the line a little bit more. He did that by you know still moving the ball decently well, uh, 3.4 assists per game uh, at the World Cup. Franz's next level may not have much to do with necessarily increasing his scoring or, 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 or anything like that. It might just be adding pieces around what he's really good at already. And, and, and that's a big thing that he did for Germany this summer. The same could be said for Paolo Bencaro. Um, when Paolo announced that he was going to be joining Team USA, I think a lot of us didn't really know what to make of it. Um, you know, we expected him to join Italy. We expect to see him go, okay, he's going to go out there. He's going to average 18, 20 points per game. He's just going to refine his skill as the lead guy on the team. And and, and that would have been fine. Um, you know, I, I'm on record here. I think Paolo ultimately made the right choice in joining Team USA because it forced him to work on the other parts of his game. The scoring is going to be there. If there's one thing we know about Paolo Bancaro is that he knows how to put the ball in the basket. He knows how to score. That's going to be fine. I am very, 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 very not worried about Paolo Bancaro scoring the basketball. That is something that he is good at. That is something that he knows how to do. Um, not concerned one bit with that. Um, what was interesting about Paolo, obviously, then, um, because you know he was able to to do other things. Um, and look, some of that might be he was released from offensive burden. You know, sure, like that's absolutely that's absolutely uh, uh, true. But his ability to defend uh, both on the perimeter and in the paint was significantly improved. He blocked, uh, what was it, blocked nearly a shot per game in, in his World Cup run. He averaged a half block per game um, for, for the Magic last year. So the fact that he was near a block per game and was, you know, averaging a block every two games for the Magic, probably a, a, probably a sign that, okay, like there's something there. Now look, Team USA played Paolo in a role that he is not going to play very much in Orlando. I think the Magic will try to use some smaller lineups. I think they'll try Paolo, Isaac, and Franz together. Um, in smaller lineups with, you know, either Isaac as the nominal center or Paolo as the nominal center. Um, I think I think what he showed at the World Cup really opened up the door to try some of these things. And, you know, I, I saw some good analysis on CBSSports.com uh, just kind of grading, grading the U.S. roster. And, you know, I, 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 I've kind of come to this conclusion, like the U.S. lost because they didn't have centers. They didn't have size. Um, they tried to play small. They thought they could get away with it, and they couldn't. The, 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 the bracket just kept shaking out that they were playing these centers and they struggled to rebound and struggled to consistently get in the paint and, and engage those big men uh, and get them away from the basket. Um, the, the Paolo Becaro played about as well as you could hope for at, for him at center. 
Uh, and again, it was all about the other things. It was about the block shots, about the defense. You know, he rebounded decently well. It was about the other things with Paolo. It was about his defense and everything else. Um, the U.S. did not lose because, because of Paolo's play at center. The U.S. lost because they had to play Paolo at center. Um, and look, it's a credit to Paolo that he took that role. He accepted that role that Steve Kerr had the confidence that he could play that role and they could still win. That is a credit to Paolo Bancaro. And if Paolo brings the same attention to detail defensively that he had for a good chunk of this tournament, brings that to the magic, all of a sudden we're not looking at just uh, the next mega scorer in the league. We're looking at a potential two-way player, which, you know, again, I don't think a lot of us thought we were going to get. You know, I I agree that Paolo's defense was better than he showed at Duke. Um, and I think his defense is better than a lot of people think it was um, during his rookie year. But he looked a lot better defensively than I think anyone could have imagined. And that's something to get excited about. That is something to build on. Uh, and again, another reason why this World Cup was so valuable. We'll get to Goga, Mo, and Joe and how they played during their World Cup run. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So obviously, you know, I think a lot of the attention was put on Paolo and Franz and, and, and for good reason, like, Every team goes as far as their stars will take them. Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner are the potential future stars of this team. And, and a lot of people see all-star potential in both of them. Um, but we obviously had a couple other players that we had to watch during the World Cup. And, I, you know, I think let's start with the backup center. Um, training camps in three weeks. Uh, I, I really feel like the Orlando Magic's rotation and roster is fairly settled and set. Um, you know, I think the starting lineup is pretty easily going to be um, uh, uh, Marco Fultz, Gary Harris, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, Wendell Carter. Maybe, you know, essentially that shooting guard, the shooting guard battle is more about a status check on Jalen Suggs. If Jalen Suggs is good enough to start and take that job, it is his. Until then, Gary Harris provides stability. He provides some shooting. He he slots in. He doesn't need the ball much. He's not going to take the ball away from... The other guys the Magic care about, he's just a good safety valve. And, and like I said in an earlier pod this summer, Gary Harris, the, the offense, when Gary Harris gets his shots, that means the offense is working. Um, you know, that, that means the offense is finding him, getting him the ball. He's not someone that's going to force his offense, which is which is fine, which is, you know, what you need from the fifth starter. Um, but behind them, you got Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Isaac, um, you know, maybe Anthony Black, maybe Jet Howard. Every other role feels pretty settled, um, except for one. Um, the backup center role behind Wendell Carter is going to be probably the biggest, you know, most the most clear training camp battle, if if there if we could call it that, that we have. 
And we got to see not only Goga Patate go up against Mo Wagner at one point during this World Cup, we got to see both of them play, and both of them play really well. Um, I, I, I think Mo Wagner has the edge, but Batadze is also a really good option at center, and, and they both played really, really well in this tournament. Um, let's go. Let's just give you some stats. Mo Wagner averaged eleven point nine points per game and four point eight rebounds per game. Batadze averaged thirteen point six points per game and seven point eight rebounds per game. Both of them came off the bench, but Batadze was playing essentially starter minutes um, uh, for his team. So, uh, you know, generally just very good things, like just very, very good, um, very, very good uh, things from both players. They both showed their ability to be mobile, to be great screen setters, to be solid paint defenders. You know, Mo Wagner's not the greatest defender in the world as far as a rim protector, that especially as, as Patadze goes, but Wagner made several big plays, um, really handle, handled himself well in the paint and, and, and handled himself well uh, throughout the tournament. Wagner obviously has the advantage of being a shooter, but Batadze showed a little bit of his shooting capability and his mobility on the on the perimeter uh, in, in the high post as well. All of these things are good. Um, both of those guys played very, very well. They put their teams in positions to win. To you know, obviously they both advanced to the second round. You know, Georgia very much happy to just be in the tournament, but also happy to be in the second round. They'll play in the Olympic qualifying tournament next summer. Both of them played well. And I think, you know, while there are shortcomings that I'm a little concerned about still, um, especially you know, more in terms of Wendell Carter, um, both are going to be fine backup options for the Magic this year. Um, there is nothing to dissuade any of us from that. With Joe Ingles, I think that... I, I, I would say I exited this World Cup with more questions about Joe Ingles um, than I would have liked to have. Um Joe Ingles was playing a very similar role for Australia that he play, he's going to play for the Magic. He is the veteran, a stabilizer, um, someone who spaces the floor a little bit. Um, you know, look, he moves the ball really well. His passing is exceptional. He is a guy that everyone likes to be around. But I think in this tournament, he started to show a little bit of his age. And, and, and look, he's 35. He had a torn ACL two years ago. There's, there's two things that could happen this summer, this year. Uh, he gets back to where he was. He's not, he doesn't rely on his athleticism. So maybe the age isn't important uh, as he returns from his injury. But you expect him to shoot 37, 38% from three. That's that's really his biggest value offensively. That sets up his passing game. That sets up his, his little driving game. That sets him up on a lot of things. He really struggled to shoot in this tournament. Um, and maybe it's the FIBA ball. Maybe it's the shortened three-point line. Maybe it was just that he was the only shooter on an Australia team that didn't have a lot of shooting. He, he averaged... Six points per game and shot to seven for 22 from beyond the arc. So less than 33% from three. Um, He's going to be valuable as a team leader, as a locker room presence. It's a role that he really embraced. He talked about embracing that role for Australia and doing a lot of the same things for the Magic this year. He is a great guy to have in the locker room. I think he will still have a lot of value. Whether he will be able to produce at the level or at the at, in the ways that the Magic need, that's ultimately going to be the question um, because there are, there are guys in this league, there are guys on every team whose value is tied to their shooting percentage. If they're not making threes, if they're not making the shots that they get, um, they're, you know, what they do and their value decreases. That's just, that's just reality. Um, and the Magic have a lot of players that they need to play, um, whether it's Isaac, whether it's Black, whether it's Howard, whether it's Jet Howard. The Magic have a lot of guys and not enough roster space and roster time to play them. 
Joe Ingles should play early on. Um, you know, I think he is that good. I think he can help the t- help stabilize the team, especially early in the years as other players get used to what's going on. But whether he can continue on that track, whether he can continue for this team uh, is, I think, the big question. And, you know, I'll admit his World Cup run did not inspire a lot of confidence in me. I, I like the signing of Joe Ingles. I like the idea of what he brings to the table. But we got to see him bring that to the table. And I think that is, that's probably the next big question that we have to have. The next big question that he's going to have to answer through training camp, through the start of the season, as we kind of figure out how this team gets together. Obviously, we are looking ahead to that. You know, three weeks until training camp, three weeks until until this magic season starts. And, and we really get a sense of who this team is and, and what they're capable of doing. Um we don't know the answer to a lot of these questions yet. Um, the World Cup helped us see a little bit of it and see a little bit of, of what's going on and and where players are at. But now we get to see this team come together. And so these next three weeks, we exhale, take another big deep breath, and then we get back to work and we get to see what this team looks like together. Um, I'm sure... I'm sure Paolo has taken some time. I, I hope he stopped in Seattle, got some time at home before he comes back to Orlando, um, gets with the guys at the Advent Health Training Center and gets ready for the start of the season. I'm sure Franz and Mo are doing the same. I, I think Joe Ingles was was back was back in Orlando with the guys watching uh, the U.S.-Germany game over the weekend at, at the training center. So those guys are working already. They're already in the gym. They're already starting to, to, to eye training camp and the start of the season, the start of the grind that is this 82-game season. And we're going to see what this Magic team can do. And obviously, I think we got a little bit of a preview of that and, and, and some new questions to ask about these players coming out of the World Cup. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. So ladies, something Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, you can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. For my everyday crew on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to break down the schedule a little bit, talk about the five most important stretches in the Magic schedule. So we'll break down a little bit what to expect and when to expect, when the, especially where the tough parts of the schedule are. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.